0: Hello and welcome to another installment of Casual Trekker, this is Scott. This is going to be my review of Star Trek Picard Season 3, Episode 3, 17 seconds. This will be spoilery and it will be brief. This episode, by far, of Season 3, has to be my favorite. I've watched it twice and each time it feels like it's 30 minutes. But in reality, it's 55 minutes. That is a testament to how much stuff they have going on in here and how engaged they were able to bring me into this. Even if we were going back and forth between Raffi, Wharf and the Titan. This time, there was direct parallels between both things. So what was going on with the Titan and what was going on with Raffi and Worf on the Lost, on the Lost, Lost Serena felt more connected. And it has in the past too, which is fine because you have to have a setup. Now we're getting through that, and now we've had a massive story reveal that we've got the we've got the changelings from the Dominion War. You have Worf mentioning Odo, and then we have the reveal that there's a worse weapon that was stolen, and the portal weapon is used as just a distraction, which is crazy. Which is like, what else is going on? I mean, if, if Vatic isn't the big bad, if that's just a distraction, if that's just something separate from the main thing, what else is there to do? <laughs> oh, man, there was just so much good in this. We have Sabotage, we have Beverly and Picard having their little come to Jesus. Then you have the closing moments with Riker and Picard and what Riker said to Picard, you killed us all because Picard wanted to fight, Riker wanted to protect the, sh- protect the ship, and Picard did exactly what Vadik wanted him to do, and then now <laughs> they gave us one heck of a cliffhanger with Riker and crew going into a gravity well with no control at all of their ship. They can't like just go into escape pods because they're going, excuse me, they're going towards a gravity well. So, it's, the tension could not be more higher right now. So we got changelings, we got sabotage, we got, we got portal weapons, we have the ship trying to flee, and the vatic opening the portals, and then the ship going through, and then coming right back out in front, and then... Right as they think they have the upper hand by, by finding the uh, leak via Jack and Seven, we find out the Changeling discovers it, and then they not only do they have that 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 chemical leak that they that, that Vatic was able to do with a little bit of a scanner thing, then we have more sabotage where an actual explosion happens crippling the the ship's warp. I mean the high points of the, uh, the high points of this episode has to be this the the conversation between both uh, Riker and Picard at the end, which is like, oh man, that cuts deep. And then Beverly and Picard, when he's trying to say, hey, what's going on? Why didn't you tell me this way long time ago? And is like, dude, you had this, 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 and this going on. Any one of those five things could have been substantially worse if they knew you had a son. I mean, not only did they add to the canon of what happened to Picard after the events of TNG, and before the Romulan re- re- relocation attempt of season one, in its flashbacks, we a got we got old we got we got classic classic Picard and the way that he talks very sternly to you. The raised voice and just like oh this is classic Picard. I miss that voice. It's like one of the high points. When whenever like in generations when Data says he wants to dis wants to take away his emotion chip, Picard's voice raises. He just has a very Stern lecture voice, and then uh, like in first contact when he did, when he was doing that with Lily, in the um, in the observation lounge when he, when he was breaking his ships. So it's kind of fun to hear that again. But I am curious to the changelings. What does that mean? They said it's a small faction that was broken off from the main hole, That they're not trying to start the Dominion War again, but. It was cool to have all this connective tissue between DS9, TNG, kind of bringing it into a nice lived-in world. Damn, what a cliffhanger. (laughs) Damn. But I think the uh, most fun part of the episode is just the two men in a bar talking about Thaddeus Riker's birth and then having Deanna Troy come in and talking about holding Thaddeus and talking about him, projectile vomiting in engineering. That was fun. And we got to see, and we got to see another Starfleet uniform. And I'm guessing it's 2381. I'm guessing is where that's at. So that was cool. And the relationship between Riker and Picard, from episode one till now it's went from like a camaraderie to a uh, dude, what were you thinking he's trying to he 's trying to he 's trying to get Riker to do this because he think it's the right thing to do, but he's not he 's not remembering that they 're in an unknown nebula or spatial anomaly where anything can go wrong and they don 't have backup. They might be able to like fire a couple of shots at the at the at the strike but they're no, they're not in any capacity to overtake the Shrike because, like Riker pointed out, it's not the Enterprise. They are not on a ship that is equal to the Shrike. So this cat and mouse game going on was—it huh, was tense. But I think the I think the best part of the entire episode has to be the Beverly and Picard scene, and learning about what was going on with with uh, Picard, and then learning that she did tell Jack about him at the at, at the age that he needed to know, and Jack made the choice not to contact his father. We also got to learn. Um, how where he got his accent from? He was went to school in 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 London. So there's a lot of stuff that happened in the, happened in this episode, like this bottle episode. But a lot happened in it, which is amazing. We got the sabotage twice, and then we have Riker and Picard squaring off with each other. I mean, that was that last part of that that episode. Remove yourself from the bridge. You've killed us all. That is a lot to take in. That is a lot. And I'm curious how they're gonna get out of that because usually at this moment, that's when they say, there's a ship coming in or something. I mean, it's still possible that that could be what happens, but they didn't communicate with anybody. No one knew where they were going. So how they're gonna get out of a gravity well without being destroyed or sucked in, I don't know, they they, they left that on some best of both worlds type uh, cliffhanger, I think. I just can't wait to watch it a third time, because it's uh, sometimes when you watch an episode the first time, you're like, okay, that was great. Then you watch it again and you're like, eh, it was okay, but it kind of, you know, um, lulls out a little bit. This one did not do that. Every single time I knew what was gonna happen. And it was great. The Seven of Nine stuff where or she's in there working on the ships or whatever, and Jack comes to see her, and then they're gonna go try to leave to find the leak, and then Jack punches the guy out, and she's like, you're insane. <laughs> oh, it's not wrong. Uh, this, this this Ed Spillier's guy, he's a good actor. He really he really he really sells this uh Jack Crusher, giving him a lot of a lot of depth and a lot of character. And this was only introduced three episodes ago. So for that, he's doing a phenomenal job. And I can't wait to see how the rest of the TNG crew is gonna come into this. But so far, it's it's just been great. War stuff is just wow. <laughs> oh. R- Rafi's like, you're that that's casual. What is it? Beheading, beheading Tuesdays, and then later on, he's like beheading her on Wednesdays. It was just great. It was just good, good, good fun, but b- good fun between the two, and um, the 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 not direct reference to Odo, just the bringing him up. My old my friend was this. I thought that was a nice a nice little touch to bring in. Um, Rene, Rene, Abajawan. I can never get that, that, his name right. But the guy that played, uh, Odo in, uh, Deep Deep Space Nine, and who had a bit, who had bit part with flashback audio in, uh, Prodigy. When they were doing the Kobayashi Maru, which also had, had Beverly, uh, Beverly Crusher. Um, in it but i'm going to wrap this up with saying that i think of the the, the three so far this has got to be my favorite and i'm pretty sure i'm going to say that about four and five and as it it goes as it goes on because so far it's it's everyone that's seen it already all the way through episode one through ten or episode one through six they've all said it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger as each episode goes and so far i'm that's exactly what's happening every episode is just building and building and building. And this this episode was also written by... Oh, not written. Directed by Jonathan Frakes. Every episode that he's, he's directed has been a masterpiece. Has been really great. And he did not disappoint. Not to mention the part where... Um, well, after Beverly and um, um, uh, Picard talk, we see... Jack Crusher and Riker out in the hallway. He's pacing the floor and and Riker describes to him the relationship that he saw develop while while on the Enterprise. I thought that was, I thought, I thought, I thought that that was great. Then we had another reference to Picard being a positronic and then Riker saying, but he's the same man. So they're really making it to be where Really trying to, trying to drive it home that, yes, the physical body of Picard is gone, but what makes Picard Picard, and who Picard is, and who he has been from um, from Encounter at Farpoint up until Nemesis is the same guy as he is in Season 1 of Picard, as he is in Season 2 and 3. If there, if there's no... No difference in the man himself. He's not like a, oh, the, 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 this Picard is different somehow. They're really drugging home that he's one in the same. No different than getting like a lung transplant. Or uh, like if I were to, if you were, if you could do a brain, tra- a brain transplant or, or, or something, and you would still be the same person. Or actually like a Trill. I think that's the best way to put it. Jean-Luc is like a trill right now. You take him from one host body, put him into a new host body, and it's still the same person, same personality, same all that stuff. There's not like the difference. So I think that's a good way to think of Jean-Luc Picard right now in this synthetic body, is he's like a trill rather than a clone or um, a copy of a personality even though they tried describing that way in in in, in, in 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 season one they basically made it out like um, second chance with the two Rikers Riker A transported back to the ship and his life progressed to this t- to 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 this point Riker 2 stayed on the planet and his life progressed to this point and then they reconnected again and Had the other Rikers had they switched places, they would have done the exact same thing and got to the same exact point. There is no difference between the two. That's essentially what Picard is. He's So they're really trying to drive drive that home, and I think they're being successful. Now they just need to stop talking about it. Now, yes, I understand Sidney LaForge going to 7 of 9, and then... Beating this over the head saying that Geordi LaForge was the greatest engineer whatever whatever whatever. I think seven Made it more organic. I think this feels rehearsed like I could see Sydney standing in front in front in front of her mirror and Saying this thing so it wasn't just like an off-the-cuff thing of, my father is this He, she like had a she had a in her head while going down there she was trying to figure out a way to relate to her from because she's ensign Sydney LaFord, so her experience and everything else is kind of limited. She's still young, but so she's the able, the only person she can draw from is her father. So it's a nice little contrast to relate to Seven of Nine, and it was good the way Seven of Nine put it. This sound rehearsed saved the scene from being okay we get it he's your father move on I am curious when we're gonna actually meet his actual daughter Mika Burton because that's City City of the Forge is played by an actress that's not related to LeVar Burton but we see later on in future scenes that there's another daughter and it's actually Mika Burton so that one I can't wait to see. I was kind of curious if, like, they were going to contrast it inside of the episode where Sydney talked about her sister and how her sister did this, went down in her, father, her, her father's footsteps, and she went down to this. That would have been a nice little um, introduction to the fact that she has a sister because as of yet, outside of production stills and trailers, we do not know about the other LaForge. Daughter, but that 's fine, so to wrap this up, I think this was a brilliant a brilliant episode directed by Jonathan Frakes. It had great pacing, it had great reveals, it definitely has a really high rewatchable f- uh factor to it i 'm um, loving Riker Riker is just playing it great like this is the best i 've ever seen him. Like in TNG, he was so stiff and rigid, and then in the movies, he was like free and loose. And I think this is like a mixture of both of those things together. So you have him being like relaxed and loose. Then you also have him being more, I've got to take care of business. And the way he, him and Picard uh, left it in this episode, it's going to be interesting to see what happens after this between those two. I can't wait to see episode four. And then that means we're almost at the at, at the halfway mark of the season. What I'm what I'm happy about is that um the things that we knew were gonna happen are already happening. We knew that they were gonna involve themselves with the strike, we knew that they were going to be involved with VATIC. So all the things that we were expecting to see in the series, we're seeing rather than it taking five or six episodes to get to where we need to be we're already there it was always going to be the cat and mouse game there was always this is always where where it was going to be so what we're where where they're taking us is what the mystery is but we don't know what that mystery is like in the like in season one and season two we, we were we knew where it was going but it took a while to get there Which is fine, because you have story and plot development and character stuff going on fine. But this one here, this season, is exactly where we were waiting for them to be. With Vadik and the Shrike, a cat and mouse game, figure out who's going to come out on top. And right now, the Shrike with Vatic is on top. Because of where they left them. Even though they got their revenge. Because in the last 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 episode, episode uh vatic threw the elios at the app at, at, at the at the titan and this epic this at this 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 episode they threw a torpedo at it blew it up and made it go a flip-flop so i'm like all right they got their they got their they got this guy they got their, their 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 karma but then immediately after now the Titan A is on its way into a gravity well and the ship is not responding so whew, I mean I feel like I'm I feel like they're, I feel like they're playing chess and it's just it's like well, well, you're you're in check then you're in checkmate then you're back to check again it's like what's gonna happen and I I strongly think next episode is when we're going to meet lore but I don't know, because they haven't met LaForge yet, they haven't gone to the Starbase uh, Fleet Museum yet, and I think the Fleet Museum thing happens first, or, or, ooh, here we go. Maybe Jordy comes to rescue them from this nebula thing. Because they lost track of the, lost track of the Titan and then, Jordy is like, "Oh hell no!" Because he already lost his mom on a ship one time in TNG. Now this is now this is, now this is is his daughter. So maybe that is why, Picard, uh, LaForge is mad, at Riker uh, at uh, at Picard because he put his daughter at unnecessary risk and he had to come in and save her. Maybe that's what, maybe that's what's gonna happen. So. LaForge is going to come in and rescue them. They're going to go to the daystrom station, and then I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what they what what they do. But that'd be kind of cool if we got to. That's really the only way that they're going to get out is if a ship comes to save them. And it'd be it'd be great if it great if great if it was Jordan. I don't know who else it, who else it, who else it could be. Because everyone else, mostly, has been has has been in the show. I know Deanna Deanna is not going to come in with us yet, but I guess we will see. So great episode, great performance by by Jonathan Frakes and directing job. Great performances by Gates McFadden and Pat and Patrick Stewart, owning it. And I think this episode really stepped up the. The uh, game on, on the uh, suspense and the thrill of uh, Star Trek: Picard season three. So it'll be interesting to see where 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 they go from here with the reveal of 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 the changelings and this attack that they're planning. It'll be super fun to watch. Can't wait. That will conclude this podcast.